Welcome to the Nurse Becoming podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Guarneri from the Resume RX, and this is the podcast that's dedicated to empowering and encouraging nurses along your path of professional and self discovery. As a nurse practitioner, mom, and business owner, I'm on a mission to help you figure out how to leave your lasting impact on the world, all while bravely and fearlessly growing along the way. Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth, all through the lens of nursing. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. It's your host, Amanda Gornieri. Thank you so much for being here today. I am super excited, as always, you know how excited I am, to deliver you some awesome tidbits and value to help you wherever you are in your professional career. And this is actually the first solo episode I'm recording from my new office in our new house. We moved recently from New Jersey to Connecticut in July. And yeah, so it may sound a little different. It's a little bit echoey. I'm going to be working on that. But I've got this nice window in front of me and I'm looking out onto our deck and I can see trees and a blue sky and a light wind blowing and just a nice surrounding to record this episode for you. So today we are talking about whether or not the perfect job exists. So this is a question that I have for you, or maybe you have this question for me, does the perfect job exist? And my answer for this is going to be a bit complicated. I am going to say both no and yes, because here's the thing. I truly believe that we have more control over our happiness than we think, even when it comes to our job satisfaction. And You know, I've talked about this a little bit before, and if you want to hear more about my thoughts about how to avoid hating your job, I'd love for you to listen back to episode number 33, because in that episode, I used the public health prevention framework that we all know and love that we learned in nursing school, basically as an analogy to help you avoid hating your job. I'll recap it a little bit for you, but I do recommend listening to episode 33. So basically, there's primary prevention. And in the job world or in the career world, the analogy is primary prevention would be the activities that you do during your job search or even before to help you screen for the right job for you. Because if we're going to use this prevention framework to prevent hating our jobs, then primary prevention means the things that we do so that it doesn't even become an issue, that we don't even you know, start to hate our jobs, right? So this could be stuff in the realm of self-examination, like figuring out what type of practice setting or schedule works best for you, or picking up on red flags during your interview or shadow day. Basically things that you could do to avoid even starting this job that you would eventually not like. Secondary prevention would be the activities and actions that you take while already in the job to help prevent yourself from not liking it. So these would be actions that you would take if there's something that you don't like or enjoy. What are you going to do to change the situation, for example? How are you going to make it so that things don't continue down the potential path of you hating your job? And then tertiary prevention, which is damage control, essentially. This is when you've gone past the point of no return, and these would be the actions that you will take to prevent 
further damage and ultimately help you move on to another position without repeating the same cycle, ideally. So that's just a little bit of an overview. Again, I go into much more depth in episode 33. So if this doesn't make total sense, definitely listen to that one. So what about searching for the perfect job? I'm going to use some statistics. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics has reported that the average person will have 12 jobs over the span of their working career. Okay. Obviously this isn't health profession, nurse or NP specific. This is just in general, but still we are certainly part of that, that group and 12 jobs is a fair amount of jobs in your working career. And I'll say anecdotally, I've been an NP for 10 years now, and I only know one person who is still in the same job that they took when they graduated. One person from my graduating class of 80, maybe 90 people. So even if you round up to 100, you know, that's like a 1% of someone who's going to be a lifer with one employer. So it's absolutely normal to have more than one job, especially as an NP. So I want to normalize that first. And I think that what happens is we can get caught up in the search for the perfect job to the point where we don't appreciate or see the opportunities that can come with jobs that we don't think are perfect. And so this question, here's a question, is the search for the perfect job really about that job or is it a symptom of something else? Like maybe fear or lack of confidence or imposter syndrome. So in general, I think that we can get into trouble with the idea of perfectionism. And you know, perfectionism is, people will say this pretty casually, I'm a perfectionist. And if you are a perfectionist, you likely know that about yourself, so you can relate. But And I am one myself. I actually call myself a recovering perfectionist, so know that I'm not speaking with any judgment. But my girl, Brene Brown, who I've talked about on the show before, Dr. Brene Brown, she has a great definition of perfectionism that I want you to hear. So this is a quote. Perfectionism is a self-destructive and addictive belief system that fuels this primary thought. If I look perfect and do everything perfectly, I can avoid or minimize the painful feelings of blame, judgment, and shame. So this is a pretty powerful statement. And and basically, this is saying that people who seek perfection in the things that they do are, are not doing those things for the sake of the activity, but rather to avoid the painful feelings of blame, judgment, and shame. Sometimes we are perfectionists to avoid sitting in discomfort and to avoid being uncomfortable and doing new things and all these things that can actually help us grow and be better. Um, In an attempt to avoid blame, judgment, and shame, we lose out on the opportunities uh, of growth if we are perfectionists and don't see how that can be a problem. Personally, I've seen perfectionism show up in so many aspects of job searching and career advancement, especially among nurses and nurse practitioners. I have seen NPs, for example, not apply for a job that they would love because their resume is never perfect enough. Rather than actually applying for the job, they just get caught up in this cycle of obsessing over margins and 
verbs and descriptive words. And if you want to hear more about uh, my thoughts about why your resume isn't as important as you think, go ahead and listen to episode number three. See, that was an important one. I, I did that really early on in the podcast. I've also seen new grads, particularly new grad NPs, be so paralyzed by imposter syndrome, which I think is perfectionism's close cousin personally, that they've never even started their NP careers because of the fear of being a novice again. Okay. And and again, no judgment here. If that's you listening, this comes from a place of love and support as always. But what happens is, you know, for to use this example, NPs who don't actually ever take an NP job and start an NP job, it's usually not, you, you know, the fear, the underlying issue is the fear of being new. You know, they've become expert nurses and there's this deep down fear of being new again, but that's not what they identify as the problem. Usually it ends up being all these external factors that get blamed for why they aren't starting the NP job, for why they either aren't getting interviews or, you know, not getting offers or there are no jobs to even apply for. This ends up being what they think is the problem when in actuality it's this fear that is keeping them from taking the right actions that will bring them the result that they're working towards. Hey there, friend. If you are a brand new nurse practitioner or an NP student nearing graduation, I have the perfect resource for you that will help you get all your ducks in a row as you get started with your job search. It's called the Nurse Practitioner Graduation Survival Guide, and you can get it totally free at my website at theresumerx.com slash npgrad. This guide will help break down the glossary of all the terms and acronyms that you will need to be applying for. Think like NPI and DEA, as well as giving you the typical timeline of everything that needs to happen before you can start working as an NP. I can't wait for you to snag this guide so you can stop worrying about everything you need to do before you can be legit. Go ahead to theresumerx.com slash NPgrad and get it for free. Can't wait to hear what you think. All this to say, you don't have to be perfect, and it's a gift to yourself and the world if you give yourself permission to be imperfect, okay? So, you know, I want you to think about that if you're either in the job market right now or if you will be in the future or if you're in a job right now and and you will be switching jobs. I don't want you to keep jumping from job to job because you think that the perfect one exists. When I was a teenager, I used to believe in soulmates, as teenagers do, right? I used to believe that there was one predetermined person that we were meant to be partnered with and live happily ever after with forever. And as I've gotten older, I've shifted my opinion a bit, and I believe that there are people who come into our lives for a period of time and that we can learn from relationships that aren't forever. And just because they aren't forever doesn't invalidate the relationship or prevent it from having you know, meaning in your life. Personally, I've been happily married for more than eight years, and our relationship requires an ongoing commitment of choosing each other every day. And if we have disagreements or challenges, we are committed to doing what we need to do to work through the issues. Not every disagreement is a sign of a doomed relationship. In the same vein, this is how I feel about jobs. Granted, side note, the level of commitment is different and definitely not marriage level. 
but there are still opportunities to choose and be committed to the success of the relationship. And I think that if we go through our careers with the expectation of these challenges, understanding that there are opportunities to improve our relationships with our jobs or with our employer, it can help our overall professional satisfaction. You know, it's easy to complain when management changes the operating hours of the clinic or the diagnoses seen by your service team in the hospital. But can you evolve beyond complaining and quickly move on to solutions? That is the kind of higher level question that I'm posing here. That's not to say that you must always turn lemons into lemonade, right? But you at least deserve the opportunity to evaluate and see, okay, this is a situation that's not great. How can I turn it into a situation that is better for me? Or how can I change how I feel about the situation? How can I move out of this dwelling on complaint into this realm of possibility? And I know that I talk a lot about dream jobs. And I thought it was important to break down these ideas because I don't ever want to give the impression that there's only one dream job out there and that you should always be in pursuit of it. There can be dream jobs for now, dream jobs for later, stepping stone opportunities, and survival mode jobs too, 100%. There are always those opportunities that um, sometimes we need, not because of the professional gain, but because of what they give us personally. You know, I I talk about this fairly often. There was a time when I went from working rotating shift in the ER to working straight nights, not because working straight nights gave me any sort of professional edge. If anything, it kind of disconnected me from leadership opportunities, but it was what I needed to do for my family in order for me to keep working full time without kind of going out of my mind and, and maintaining my sanity at home and at work. So that was a survival mode period of time for me. And that's okay. It served its purpose and it helped me get through that season that it needed to get me through. Overall, I just want to encourage you to feel empowered and in control of your thoughts, feelings, and actions surrounding your career. You may not be able to control your circumstances or the thoughts, feelings, and actions of others, but that's okay. And this level of maturity and emotional intelligence will bring you far in your career and in your life. So I hope you take some time to reflect on this. I hope that it's resonated with you, especially if you are a recovering perfectionist like myself. Remember, you can always go from perfectionist to recovering perfectionist. Even if it's not true in everything that you do, you can you know, adopt the identity and adopt the label and then let that help you with your decision-making. You know, To use another example, this podcast is an example of me being a recovering perfectionist. And here's why. I used to have my primary content be blogging. I put out blog posts and I figured, you know, I'm a good writer. They're easy to share. I'll, you know, that will be how I share my free value with my audience. And I struggled because I couldn't put out the volume of content that I wanted to put out because. I got stuck in the perfectionism of writing the blog posts. I obsessed over the headings and the and the title and the paragraph flow and the grammar and all these things. So when I decided to do a podcast, it gave me permission to be imperfect. So when I sit down to do a podcast, I open, especially a solo one, I open the recording software. 
got my microphone, I've got my notes in front of me, and I sit down and I do one take. I don't repeat. Uh, I don't do a takeover. If I stumble over my words, I just restate it. You've probably heard that. I do have a podcast editor who will edit things that are real big messes, but it, it rarely happens because I give myself permission to sit down to do one take and then not to listen back to it to decide areas that could have been better. So that's this is part of my perfectionism therapy. So thank you for listening to my perfectionism therapy. I hope that you are able to figure out what you specifically need, whether it's in your personal life, in your career, if you are in this boat too, figure out what you need that will help you give yourself permission to be imperfect. And and I hope everyone can do that surrounding your jobs and your career pursuits. So this is a, a short but sweet episode. I hope that you've enjoyed it. I'm always so grateful for your time and for tuning in. And until next time, I'll catch you next week on another episode. I'm always rooting for you. Well, that does it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and making it all the way to the end. If you found today's episode helpful, would you take a minute and give me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts? It will truly help other nurses find this show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I cannot wait to connect with you again soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.